This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Give Them Lala podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. Her name is Alyssa Shalaski, aka the real life Carrie Bradshaw. We are going to dive in to her amazing modern day life and talk about her book, This Might Be Too Personal and Other Intimate Stories, which came out April 5th. You guys have to get it. So let's just get it popping. We have Alyssa Shalaski. All right, you guys, I am about ready to have a heyday with Alyssa Shalaski, the real life Carrie Bradshaw. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm going to take it. Let's go with it. But I don't know if it's like, I don't think they based the sh- they, de- they did not base the show on me. Like the, my, I took over the column seven years ago, Sex Diaries for New York Magazine, where I profile a different New Yorker's love and sex life every single week of the year. But the show came before the column. Okay. So other people, but I mean, I'm re I've read your bio and all of us outsiders. I know that the show came before, but we're all pegging you as the real life Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) I I mean, I love it. It's been a life, even like when I was a, I don't know, twenties, in my twenties in New York, 22, I moved to New York when I was 18. I was always doing this and I was always talking about love and sex and writing about love and sex and, and keeping it real. And then the show came out and everybody was just like, how did they know about you? And how did you inspire this character? And it's like, I, I didn't, I I really can't take credit for it. It was based on Candace Bushnell, another, you know, another New York writer, but I've just lived this parallel life with that, with that character for so long that at this point it seems to be sort of like conflated so, I mean, there are worse things. I love it. and I, I love it for Jessica you. Parker. I know. The few times I've met her, interviewed her, I always want to be like, you know, like, I'm you and you're me and we're and I and you're Carrie and I'm Carrie. And and then I just don't say anything because it's just too weird. And she's <laughs> such a lovely, she's such a classy person that I, you just don't want to be like remotely you know, too gross or like aggressive in any way. So I'm not intimidated by many people, but if I were to run into her, that would be, I would be immediately intimidated. You wouldn't though. I think it's like when somebody meets you, like there is something disarming about you and something, I mean, I'm just meeting you for the first time, but I've certainly followed you. I, it's surreal to be talking to you. She's very warm and, and yeah, she's beautiful and, you know, 
teeny and chic as hell, but she's so warm and so cool. And she's like the type of person who wants to know about you. And rather than make it about her, I don't know. I, I think that you would not, you would be thrilled, but I think in a second, you guys are probably, I mean, I'm talking about her, like she's my best friend. Yeah. I've been here like literally twice, but I think you share a spirit. Oh my God, Lala. I love you. I have so, there's so much I've wanted to say to you throughout the years. Oh, I love that. I really am a big fan. I'm a big Bravo fan. And I've been loyal to you since like your first appearance on Vanderpump, like before it was cool to like be obsessed with you. Do you know what I mean? You, you were, when it was an unpopular opinion, you were still down for Lala. I love that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were magical and I knew you'd have your moment. It didn't take long for the rest of the world to catch on, but um, no, I love you. I hated seeing you. Well, you look so good in the, at the reunion, but I hated seeing you in pain and, and I'm I'm so proud of your sobriety and fuck anybody who came for you at that. Re- I'm I'm very fierce. I have two young kids and I'm a mama bear and totally we don't have to talk about it. But like anybody who thought that like you deserved what happened to you because of the circumstance, like I so fucking heartless. You know what? In that moment, I'm glad I wasn't actually physically at the reunion because the side comments I wasn't able to hear because I was via Zoom. And You know, so I watched myself and I was like, damn, I was so poised during those moments. But I can't take credit because I didn't hear what was going on 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 the side. That's amazing. Although I I will say that's what I love about you. It's not your darkness. It's your lightness. Like it's your grace, honestly. Thank you. I so appreciate you saying that. I mean, it's just such bullshit that anybody would come for you on that show as if they're all such purists. I know. You know what, though? I'm a tough bitch. And I know that you can relate to that because... Your resume is insane and it's not easy to get where you are. And I'm definitely inspired. That's the word of this entire, when I, you know, revamped the Give Them Lala podcast, it was like, I want people on who inspire me in some way. Let's talk about this. Okay. I have a baby, obviously, and I know that I would like another one. And I would like it in a certain time period. If I don't meet somebody, I'm absolutely getting a sperm donor. Oh, yeah. You're made for it. You're made for it. Made for it. So (laughs) you've been there. You've been there. Let's talk about it. What is going through that process like? Well, it takes, obviously, a a tough bitch like we are. Somebody who does not care. You know, it has such a strong sense of self and a strong village and a strong foundation that it really doesn't matter what anybody's going to say. It's really a tough decision to make if you're going to worry that people are going to gossip or feel bad for you. Like you, you really have to be above all that, which like you're already there. I was, I was definitely already there. You know, I don't, beyond that, it doesn't take much more than just like inner strength. Okay. The decision that you are ready to be a mother and that nothing's going to get in your way. For me, the I was there. I mean, I was 38 and I'd wanted to have, have kids my whole life. So I was more than there. I, I guess I was 37 when I started the process. So I made up my mind. I made up my mind because I met another single mother by choice who was the sexiest, coolest woman I'd ever met in my life. Totally. And I didn't have many examples of what a single mother by choice looked like. And I met her and I, it's it was like, yes, that 
that that's me. That's who I aspire to be. That's my definition of what it is to be a cool woman in the world like that. And so she, she was my mentor and she said, go to this doctor and this sperm bank. And she, and she's very successful. She's, she's rich and I'm not. And I was like, okay, but let's talk about the reality of it. And and honestly, it cost me, I'm very transparent about these things. It cost me $10,000 at the end of the day, which is a lot. It was a lot for me and it's a lot for a lot of women, but it's not what you might expect, right? Like, it's like, it's not like you don't need a hundred thousand dollars. You don't need a million dollars. And then the question is, can you raise a baby? A lot of people were like, well, how will you raise a baby without the, you know, the income of a man or whatever. And um, the truth is like, there's many creative ways to raise a family. There's many best things in life are free. Sorry for the cliche, but now that you have a baby, you know, it's sitting on a picnic blanket and watching the sunset, you know, it's, we live in great cities where there's museums and classes. And so anyway, once I was like, yes, I can afford this. And yes, I'm doing this. That's the hardest part is just to be like, I'm in. Because like anything in life, you it's you have to be super responsible and go to your doc, go to the doctors and do fertility and, and not fuck around and and not sort of like question yourself. You gotta have that faith in yourself and like faith in your baby who's not even there yet, but just faith that the two of you will be okay. Oh my gosh, that sends chills. Uh, Like, I love that. And so, and I love that you took me through that aspect of it, of the the emotional part. Because actually when I was thinking about, you know, in a year or two, if I don't have somebody, I will get a sperm donor. I didn't even think about the outside world and what people might say. Is that so weird? I didn't even think that. I think you you exercise that muscle like you couldn't do what you do if you weren't already evolved enough to to handle that shit right is it basically like shopping for a baby daddy when you go when you get a sperm donor yeah i mean i had fun with it i saw all of this as just the like the greatest thing in the world i was dying to become a mother and i figured out a way how Um, But I think a lot of other people, the sperm donor, picking the donor really freaks them out. For me, it was just like, oh, my God, like, do I want my daughter to do I want my future child to be really tall or really athletic or brilliant or speak four languages or like be a great, great dancer, whatever. There's all these, um, you know, descriptions. So it was fun because it's sort of like looking around a room, you know, you've dated all these guys and some wanted kids or didn't want kids or you weren't sure if you want to have a baby with them. And it's like, here's a hundred thousand men who all who like you can have a baby with any of them right like assuming god willing like you're you're healthy and stuff so um yeah i went for i mean i'll be very honest like i went for looks and i went for genetics because i knew that i would make my child kind and funny and smart and spiritual like i knew i had all that covered to give somebody like great cheekbones or eyebrows or like creamy skin or whatever. I was like, why not? Life is hard enough. Like (laughs) let them be tall. Like let them have like a really cool, you know, mixed background. So I just had fun. And what I did was I narrowed it down to three different donors. And then I like included my family and we had like a little viewing party and I sort of presented the donors and, and we, you can hear their voices. You can hear 
or like a Q&A with each donor and we listened. So, but do you see, do you, okay. So it wasn't like a, a Q&A where you guys were like seeing each other. This was just like the sperm donor place. What do you call it? A sperm bank? Yeah. They yeah. conduct in interviews with these uh, sperm donors. And then when you decide, okay, this one, I like the look of it. And then they send over like their interview process. You, um, you get a membership. So of course, like you get the highest, like you don't skimp on this. Like you get the VIP membership. Totally. Because there's no better money spent. You know, you're not going to do like clearance rack sperm. So. <laughs> clearance rack sperm. <laughs> like you go to the top. You go to fucking Bergdorf sperm. Absolutely. 100 my favorite store. So with the good package, you get the voice recording. So you see the baby pictures. In my case, I did not choose a sperm bank where you can see adult pictures. I just didn't want to. I didn't care. I, I like the fantasy of it all. Like you see pictures, I think, age 10 and under. So I like sort of just imagining what they grew up to be. And I, I didn't want to look for this guy like all around America and like have a I'd rather just agree. I call him Vince Vaughn in my book because I love that was, that. they also have celebrity lookalikes. And that was his celebrity lookalike. You got to go on. It's so fun. I'll get you a code. I would love to do this. This sounds fucking awesome. They, like we have the same attitude. I thought it was just fucking awesome. I thought it was fabulous. And we're joking about it and talking about sort of the superficial stuff. But there's also like so much blood work done and so much health, which of course, like you do need to know that part. There's a little bit of a question mark with a sperm donor where it's just like, you know, health history, mental health history, schizophrenia, things that like don't even necessarily show up in blood work. But as much as you can know about pretty much any guy you're going to sleep with or, you know, date or make a baby with, you you do know about the sperm donors because of like the high level health info they have to put out there so it's like once that part's done they've got all the good health stuff yeah you can have fun with it you can pick some like matt damon sperm or like ryan seacrest lookalike sperm there's so many i would pick maybe like a denzel washington sperm so that's on there goes fast that shit goes fast oh i'm sure yeah like a michael b jordan like i and i'm i'm sure it goes fast those would go fast I definitely thought about like, that's my type of guy for sure. And I was, even though like I ended up, my partner now is like a white boy from Maine and like the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I sort of always thought like, I ended up choosing a donor who looked some somewhat like my family because I, for me personally, I just felt like my kid would, I didn't know what it would be like. And if they were he or she or they were faced with a million questions about who's your real dad and the biology of it all, as it turns out, none of that matters and nobody cares. Nobody says anything. But just to protect my kid from having one more question that they had to answer. In other words, like, why are you black and your mother's white or why, right. are you, you know, why do you look Korean and your mother's Jewish? Whatever it was, I decided to just eliminate one question from their life in case it was something that continued to come up for them here in Brooklyn and where you are in LA and honestly, hopefully more and more everywhere. Nobody cares. Nobody like gives a shit that Hazel, my partner has now adopted Hazel. He's not our biological father, but he's been with us since she was seven months old. She knows her whole story. It's frankly, it's like boring to her. Do you know what I mean? Like, so how, how old is Hazel? So she's six. And then Sam and I had a a two year, have a two year old who like I had, through sex. It's so 
it's embarrassing because we just like had sex and got pregnant. It's so uninteresting. <laughs> so it's so retro. It's like, there's, there's no, uh, it's not as modern as I want my brand to be, but right, I love it. it. It's a blessing. No, it's a, he's adorable. So I, well, the first, the first round was very modern day of you. Yeah, totally. Did Hazel have questions or did you just, when did you decide to tell her about, you know, her backstory? So I told her and I would, say this advice is like any mother um, in whatever situation, like I've always been a hundred percent honest, but to the extent that like her brain could handle it. Do you know what I right. mean? So what I always did was say, and I made it sound like a beautiful story, like a fairy tale, like, a, like enchanted and magical. And I would just say, you know, like in the beginning, it was just like mommy and hazy. It was just the two of us. And, and then we met daddy and he's, he begged and begged to be your father. And, and we had a little family meeting, just the two of us when you were seven months old and you were like, yes, mommy, I want, you know, like I turned it, I made it all something happy and, and fun instead of dark and scary. And even like about how she's born or how she was created. I'll now I use the word sperm because she, she kind of gets it, even though she's like, gross mom, don't say that word. But <laughs> I used to say like, Thank God for this doctor. He, Dr. Griffo, like he, he put a seed in mommy's tummy. Like I picked the best seed and he put the seed in mommy's tummy and, and you, we grew you like the doctors and I grew you and, and then I had you. And so she always knew that she was kind of conceived through this. I don't know, this like magical way that was it is magical i mean as you're talking about it i wish that everyone could see my face because i just am like my face hurts because i'm just like tell me more (laughs) about this magical story of how hazel came to be i love that that and by the way i feel like the way that you explained it to her is very much how it happened like you're saying like you put it in a very um magical way but you're just putting it the way it happened, like the honest truth. Yeah, the honest truth. And I think because I have such warm feelings, I have such gratitude for like the doctors and 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 honestly for the, the sperm donor who I will probably never meet him. Um, I don't know him. I I don't know anything about him, but I, I love him so much, Lala. It's It's the most like unconventional love story of all because I never need to meet him. And yet, like, I hold him in my heart and like in such a safe spot forever and ever. He gave me the greatest gift of all, you know, and she's perfect. She's she's unbelievable. And I owe I owe that to him. So it's a really unusual thing because it's in a way he's my great love story. Wow. You know, and uh, and he's a stranger and a mystery. And I am OK if I if it, he remains that way for the rest of my life. Alyssa, that is so beautiful what you just said. Thank you. I have never heard that story before, for even a version of that story from anybody. And the way that you just explained it, it, that was beautiful. It's all perspective. And you know this now with Ocean. Like, by the way, my son's name is River. I can't believe the name. I love the name Ocean so much. I can't believe it was not on my radar when I was pregnant with him. I mean, I'm glad I chose River and he's a boy. But I fucking love the name Ocean so much. Thank you. Can I tell you, I I have always been obsessed with the ocean and everything in it. It was after I, I saw the documentary Blackfish. I don't know if you ever saw that. 
it's it's about orcas in captivity and just something started pulling at me and I said this is my passion and I have to be a voice for um, animals in captivity and I developed a deep love for the ocean but it never crossed my mind for a name until I was in the Bahamas walking through the marina and there was a yacht called the Ocean Alexander and I I was like oh my god the name ocean it has to be my first baby right because it could be boy or girl and like the nick like O is such a cool nickname. I don't know if you call her O or we baby do. Pet. We call her O. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so perfect. Um, you know this now as a mother who has had to sort of rewrite your own story a bit. Like it is all about the perspective and the narrative we tell ourselves. And when once we can make peace with it and we find the beauty around it, like you already said, you've done where you have you found you have your gratitude. And you know how lucky you are. At, you know, once you have that beautiful perspective around your unique story, as complicated as it is, you just infuse that into everything you you give your kids. Right. You know, you're not pretending that everything is normal. I mean, who, who cares about normal? Anyway? Right. Or easy even. But it's if you make it, you know, enchanted and blessed and just like filled with spirit, you know, and grace, like it makes it so much easier and it like sets the tone for the rest of their life. I agree with you. And so many people ask me, are you worried about what Ocean may read? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, I'm her mother. And no matter what, she's always going to be okay because I'm her mother. She's surrounded with love. She's surrounded with positivity. And even though I look at the big picture and I think, you know, how did I end up here? I look at Ocean and I go, this is exactly why every choice that I made, every move that I made, it was all leading to this little girl right here. And you got pregnant, like something was right about it, that you got pregnant, you stayed pregnant. This daughter is just perfection. Yeah. Think about it. You, I feel like you were ready to be a mom too, right? Absolutely. I was like, let's do this. Yeah. Yes. I mine mine's uneventful too and very like you said you have one cool story one not so cool mine was like we downloaded the fertility app and I was like time for bang sessions <laughs> like I'm ready to have a baby and be a mother <laughs> so that's my story okay I really hope my mom Lisa is not listening to this episode because I'm about to tell you what I got her for mama's day it is her very own original song she is going to flip Song Finch lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, it's personal, and it lasts forever. I went to songfinch.com, it asked me to pick a genre, and my mom loves country, so I picked country for Lisa. It asked me to describe what I love about her and to share some memories, so I said she's an amazing Gigi to Ocean, and she's such a force as a mother. I can't imagine my life today without her. And then I chose to be matched up with an artist and Song Finch gave me a few to choose from. I could see pictures of them and also hear a sample of their music. So I picked this amazing acoustic artist from Nashville with an unbelievable voice. I can't wait to hear the song he creates. So whether your song is for Mother's Day, a birthday, an upcoming graduation or wedding, or just to show a loved one how much you care. Start your song right now to lock in a top Songfinch artist. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song for free so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. 
Go to songfinch.com slash Lala and start your song. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash Lala. Don't forget to share your song with us too. That's songfinch.com slash Lala. Zero dollar delivery fees. I bet that made you listen. Yes, I said zero dollar delivery fees. That's what you get when you dash pass by DoorDash. And if you don't know what Dash Pass is, I'm about to change your world. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts. Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get food from your favorite restaurants or groceries or whatever else you need delivered right to your front door. Dash Pass basically pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for just $9.99 per month. Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass, $0 delivery fees, and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. It wouldn't be la la if I didn't get a little raunchy. Oh I God. need <laughs> I like I pay my rent writing about low jobs and rim jobs and you know. So let's talk about that. What are you doing with that mouth to be engaged multiple times? Like, what are you doing to make a man put a ring on it more than once? I think it's because I never wanted to get married. So they all came. You know what I mean? I never cared. Which, by the way, being pregnant also was like, everyone was like, who's going to date you now? And it's like, who's not going to date me now? Like, I literally need nothing from a man. And they all were like, so captivated by that. Right. I don't know why I do date. I, I have a wild side. Um, my poor, poor Sam missed like my slutty years, but I used to, I used to love, you know, I was very lucky. Like, I think I, I think I like had an orgasm the night I lost my virginity. I think I had three orgasms that night. Like I had wow, a very healthy relationship with sex and, you know, adult, you know, adult consensual safe sex, but nevertheless, I had a very good relationship with sex. I loved it. It changes in your forties. It changes. It sucks. Like it does change when you get older. I feel after kids, I don't know. It's still nice. It's still nice, but I used to really like, you know, crave it, you know, um, what, 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 where were we with that? We were talking about how (laughs) we were talking about how you've been engaged so many times. And I, I have to, like, I have this right here. You were engaged to a celebrity chef. And you moved to Italy. I was engaged to Spike from Top Chef, one wow. of your brothers of Bravo. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him or if you watch Top Chef, but of course I do. He's wonderful. He's I had a crush on him on the show and I interviewed him for a story for a magazine, kind of like I manipulated this interview because I was just dying to meet him because I had like a feeling that we would have chemistry and we did. Um, so I was engaged to, sh- to Spike for a couple years. I have nothing but 
wonderful things to say about him. He's as like delicious as he appears to be on TV. It just life with a chef was not for me. And I was ready to have kids even then, like in my late twenties, early thirties. And he was on a completely different road to stardom or, you know, this sort of sexy chef life. And we kind of crashed and burned, but we're, he has kids now and I have kids now and we're, it's all good. We, we don't, we're like estranged, right? Nothing bad to say about him. I love Yeah. Him. The timing was just off. The timing was off. And I, you know, I, it looks like he really found his soulmate. I'm not sure we, we had a lot of heat and we had a lot of, um, connection and and certainly friendship and um yeah he's he's hot he's really hot I loved being I loved being his girlfriend um but it looks like he found his soulmate and so I'm happy for him yeah I love that for him and what about this ran the rando guy on a Vespa <laughs> you asked him for directions and it turned into a two-year relationship yeah so after Spike I became a food when I was with him part I I wanted to integrate into his life like I never knew how to even like make toast you know what I mean like I couldn't boil water and here I was with a chef who was surrounded like Tom Colicchio was always visiting and all these big time chefs and I just I hated feeling like a wallflower I hate that feeling and I so I just sort of like integrate into the food world so I became a food writer which was great and that got me to after Spike and I broke up I was like I'm gonna do my eat pray love thing and move to Italy and write through the pain and you know and the first human being literally the first per Italian I spoke to asking for directions to my Airbnb ended up being this ugly yet sexy dark brooding guy on a Vespa hand rolling cigarette who I ended up staying with for three years <laughs> That is insane. So he wasn't phys- he wasn't physically attractive. I think you get what I mean when I say ugly sexy. Ugly sexy. I'll be honest, Liz, I don't know what that means. All right, I was just kind of thinking, okay. Do you have an example? He was really tall. Um okay. he was Oh god, who would we both know? I like I don't want to not like a Jax because he wasn't cheesy. He was Italian. He was like very sophisticated. Mm, totally. And, like, a snob and all, you know, I don't know, just like a dark brooding European man, like Javier Bardem or something Love like it. that. You know what I hot. mean? Hot. Yes. Yeah. Really, I totally get really what you hot, mean but now. not, but like a presents as a hot, confident mm-hmm. man, real, you know, but he was, it was just like this Italian um, dream. I was a fever dream and I was taking Italian and we were cooking together and we were drinking a lot of Negronis and the sex was good, but he was, he was really dark. That was the last guy. Like that was the final straw for me in terms of like difficult men. Like this guy had demons. And oh. uh, yeah. And you know, I was then like by then 32 and then 34 and then suddenly you're 35 and it's just like, get me off the Vespa. Like get, get me, me off, off the Vespa. fucking Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about, what about this uh, CFO close talker with a deadly stinky <laughs> cheese habit? Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, that was just that was like an unfortunate. He had, uh, he had hygiene issues. Okay, let's talk about that. You say he's a close talker. Did did the stinky cheese breath linger? Yeah, it was real bad, and he was super confident, and he was like, it went. I won't say where he went, but he had like he was a very polished guy, and he would like he probably read some leadership book at some point where it's like shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye and have a really like present conversation. I was like, maybe not that present. Like maybe be- like back, back it up. up. Be a little distant. <laughs> I was with this guy. I won't mention his name, but, and I, I told him this on multiple occasions. 
he smelled like a farm animal most of the time. And <laughs> I'm going to be so rude right now, but I'm not saying his name, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Alyssa, his breath smelled like a dead animal shit in it. And you told him that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, because I tried to be kind. I was like, hey, when you bathe, you should like use soap. Like I was trying to be nice and be like, hey, we should we should brush our teeth like more than just once a week. And it, it wasn't it wasn't hitting right. So then I just lost my mind and I told him all of that. Oh, my God. That is so because it, it sounds like it was because of like a lack of trying. Like I do think maybe every now and then there's like a a guttural, like sometimes they say there's like, you know, there's a, something deeper, like a gut situation. <laughs> yeah. No. Can I tell you, um, this person, I got into a fight one time when we were dating and I made a comment about him brushing his teeth. And he said, I do brush my teeth. And I said, well, then maybe you have stomach issues. <laughs> okay. Then the last one we're going to talk about is your husband who you met on Tinder. And who I refuse to marry. So he's not your husband. No, we might as well be. I'm not, I'm not against, like, I, I am against marriage, but I'm not, um, it doesn't offend me in any way because we, I love him. We're not, we're monogamous. I hope to be with him forever. We, he's your life partner. He's my life partner. He's father a, of your children. Exactly. He legally adopted Hazel this year in the middle of the pandemic. We changed her last name to his. And so, cause I, I really wanted my kids to have the same last name. I just didn't want there to be any question about like, are they, I used to hate when people would be like, so is River like her half or her step? And it's hate just like, that oh, too. Your fucking brother. I know. Do you have siblings that are from different parents? Yes. I have a half brother and we have the same last name. We come, we have the same, uh, same dad, yeah. but he, we're 15 years apart. So a lot of people I have to explain because they're like, wow, so your mom had him when she was like 15. And I'm like, no. Right. So then I have to go into the whole thing. But it's like, no, he's not my. Oh, so he's your half brother. No, he's my fucking brother. Exactly. He's your family. He's your family. I, There's no I, half anything here. No, I don't like that at all. And I just didn't. I wanted to. I don't know. I just wanted to prevent that from happening. And also I Sam has a great, his last name is Russell. It was just like such a, that's a great last name. So it's I thought, a great last name. I know. I'm like Shalaski. I'm a mouthful, but like Russell's are, Russell is so classy. And I was Would like, you oh. ever change your last name? I've been a right professional writer my entire life. And I just like, you know, my byline and my books and stuff. So I don't think I would, although like, I think my being Alyssa Russell would have like been a, given me an entirely different life, you know, than like <laughs> Alyssa Shalaski. I sound like inherently like this, like, you know, gossipy Jewish lady from the Upper West Side or something. But Oh, uh, I love it. Thank you. I love your name. What's the time? What's the, um, why am I blinking? The age difference. Between River and Hazel? Four years apart, which was more than I wanted. Um, but I, so I had Hazel at 38. Sam and I started trying. I had a miscarriage. I had a bunch of chemical pregnancies, which I don't know if you've ever had them. It's weird because you like, you get the positive pregnancy result. Right. And then like you get a really heavy period 10 days later, you know? So it's a little bit of a mind fuck, but it's not, you know, it happens. And then I did IVF, which I found to be like our, unique form of human torture. And I had my daughter. So I was sort of like, do I want to put myself through this? I already have a kid. Like, I'll be okay if it's, well, of course we'll be okay. 
So I didn't do another round of IVF and then we gave up and then we got pregnant. It's like very, you know, classic. That is everyone's story. Do you think it's because the, like the pressure is gone? Like your body feels relaxed? For me, yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. We were back to having sex for the sake of pleasure again. Totally. Um, and yeah, my, my body was relaxed. Ex- exactly. Um, and I remember it was really good sex. I don't know if there's any science behind that, but it was like, it was all flowing. You know what I mean? Like, and and we and I was 42. So I got pregnant that time and had a beautiful pregnancy and, um, and then came River. So no complications with your pregnancy with River? I had, it's so funny because I know Sheena had it too. I had preeclampsia with both my pregnancies. That is so scary. It is. It's, it's the only reason I, I mean, now I'm 44, but I would never, um, I would never do it again because I like how many times you want to press your luck, but you should tell Sheena, you do get it. Like chances are you'll get it with your second pregnancy and it's okay. You just have to like be really diligent about checking your blood pressure. You got it. Like you do It's not a joke. It's, it's not a joke at all. Yeah. I mean, I remember Sheena at the reunion, like she, she said, I believe she said she could have died. Oh yeah. You definitely can die. If it's not, if you don't catch it uh, or have a stroke, it's serious. It's very scary. I know I felt for her. I'm not like the biggest Sheena empathize. I mean, I like her a lot, but I'm always, you know, she's dramatic. But then like when I heard her say that, I was like, oh no, she's been, she was, she went through hell. That's absolutely. Yeah. My days of panicking over gift giving are officially over and yours can be too. Thanks to gift mode on Etsy. I absolutely love this gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting. So you find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's super easy to just tap or click on gift mode on your Etsy app or at Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. I can't tell you how calming it is for me to see all of those ideas pop up on my screen. I recently had to find a gift for one of Ocean's little friend's birthdays, and I was tripping. Then I remembered, just use Etsy gift mode to shop for the creative kid. And I found the cutest handmade dress-up costumes, fabulous capes, and accessories. The capes were so cute that I even bought one for Ocean. Gift mode on Etsy is the best. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday gift for the reality TV fan, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Did you know today is a great day to warranty? Well, actually, every day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with American Home Shield Warranty. I signed up with American Home Shield the moment I decided to buy my house. With an American Home Shield Warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater won't break the bank because coverage repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And not by me, my mom, or Easton. We wouldn't know the first thing to do if something stopped working in this house. I just contact American Home Shield when a covered item breaks and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So having that sort of reassurance from American Home Shield is something to celebrate. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry, be warranty. Visit ahs.com slash GTL today to get 20% off any plan. That's 
ahs.com slash GTL for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. So you said you, I'm loving this conversation, by the way, you said you don't believe in marriage. Can you elaborate like what makes you not believe in it? Okay. Well, the three times I was engaged, I didn't, it did nothing for me. Like I didn't care about the, the rings were all beautiful. Fine. I just didn't fulfill something that I've been waiting for my whole life, anything like that. And on top of that, I just felt an enormous amount of pressure. Maybe it was because they all, you know, it was with the wrong person all three times or my gut, my intuition knew something, but I just felt, felt this pressure. Like, I don't know. I felt trapped and that took away the point for me, which was just to feel lifted up by the relationship. And like your life was only enhanced and like you're, this was, I don't know. I, I always wanted like my soul to be watered by the, the person I'm with. And I always instead started to feel like claustrophobic and kind of nervous. And I didn't like all the attention on like us being perfect forever and ever. So after I called up the third one, I was like, also, I can never call my mother again and be like, I'm engaged. Like I can never, like, <laughs> it's, like I can't do that to the people I love ever again. I come from tons of aunts and they all like would take their dresses out from the basement and like air out the mothballs and then bring the dresses right back down to the basement, you know? <laughs> and then when I met when I, when I was pregnant with Hazel, I had a boyfriend in LA. I was in New York. He was in LA, lived in Echo Park. And it was my, the first truly non-monogamous, super unique, way out of the box relationship. And it was the best love story of my life because he was my person. I adored him. I didn't care what he was doing. He fulfilled everything I needed. And I didn't care what he was doing when we weren't together, blah, 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 blah. You'll have to read the chapter in my book. It's actually really heartbreaking because his roommate, they were like these two woman, gorgeous womanizers living in Echo Park, musicians, and his roommate had struggled with addiction. And by the time Hazel's life began, like his roommate Ben's life ended. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, it, it was the most beautiful, romantic and heartbreaking time on so many levels. So all that to say, by the time I had Hazel, I'd come off that relationship and I was like, I, I do best with relationships that are like on the fringe. Like, I don't need the non-monogamy because I've just never, I'm like a, I'm just not, personally, I'm not interested in sleeping with more than one person at once. You Same. know, I, yeah, it's, it's not for me and it does, it gets messy. I mean, we're like, we're the last people out there who I feel like are not like, like, you know, ethically non-monogamous or whatever, but um. But I found after that, I was like, that works for me. Like whatever that was, like a relationship that has its own set of rules and moves at its own speed and pace and and sort of like just grows and evolves on it organically. Like that's for me. Right. No, I, it's something changed. And I was like, I'll never get married. And then when I met Sam, I said it on our first date. Well, I was like, well, first of all, I have a baby at home. She's six months old. Also, I'm never going to get married. So if that's what you're looking for, you know, good luck. And he was like, cool, cool and cool. You know, I love it. Right. And so it just, it was off the table from the beginning for us. And it still is. I don't know. I get like, here's what I know. And you know, this as well as anybody love is really complicated. 
and it can often be cruel and it is just the only thing like we can't ever really understand or control and knowing what I know about that I don't understand why I why anybody would like lock in for life with one person knowing that life throws you curveballs and people change and and you know people start to hate each other or you fall you, you find somebody else and like you can't help but what you're feeling or you know whatever. I'm as traditional as the next person. I'm super grounded. I don't want I, if they're if Sam cheated on me, it, it would not be good. Like I'm not saying I want this crazy free love kind of like 1970s lifestyle. I want the grounded traditional values and all that. I just, I don't want to be legally bound to someone knowing that life fucks with you sometimes, you know? I'm on your same page, by the way. I just wanted to get your perspective. I remember after my wedding was postponed at that time um, due to the pandemic, my mom... She kept trying to say it in a very soft way. And keep in mind, my parents were married for 40 years before my dad passed away. And so I I come from successful marriages. You know, I've seen it with, right, so you know. So it has nothing to do with me being traumatized by marriage. But she kept saying, if you marry him, you're going to lose your power because we kept trying to put a new date on the calendar and it kept getting canceled because COVID was just not allowing it to happen. And... Now, you know, cut to where we are now and everything I know, I'm just so, I will do a ceremony that we can celebrate our love. But when it comes down to the marriage, I am not having it. I will never get married to somebody. I, we will be together forever. That's, that's what I want. Just like that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess around with anybody. I just want a partner for life. But they're no contract involved. I don't need that. No contract. It, it adds so much pressure. And, and it's just like, I, I hate all my friends are married and they're happily married. And I hate to sound like a hater, but I, I honestly find it to be like foolish, like really <laughs> like knowing what we know, why do that? It's, it's hard. It takes a really like uh, evolved mind to understand that both things can exist, that you can want to be with someone forever and still believe in love and all of that. And yet feel that marriage is bullshit. Like you both can exist. Totally. I I had the best time with you on, on my podcast. You have no idea. Me too. I also just want to say I really love DJ James Kennedy. I just have to say that. And I think that you, I know I he's do too. a lot for you. I love how you have man, like taken care of him. And I love the friend you've been to him, even when it's he's made it impossible for you. You know what? James Kennedy is such a fabulous soul. And if I always tell him, whoever is not your friend is missing out because he is the funnest friend you'll ever have. You got to be tough. You got to be able to take some insults, Yeah. but he doesn't mean them. He, he loves hard. So that means he fights hard, but I adore DJ James Kennedy. I know he's, he's, he's on your level. He's on your, well, not quite. No one's quite on your level, but um, he's, yeah, he's a good, he's a good soul. I could tell. And you should go on. Um, I want you to go switch to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's the last thing I'm going to say about my. All right. Can, can you write into Auntie Cohen and tell him that? Yeah, you belong there. Like it's time for you to elevate. You know that. I want to elevate. Where, um, where can people get your book? This might be too personal and other intimate stories. 
So it's everywhere. You can get it on Amazon or your local bookstore. Um, and you please follow me at, um, at Alyssa Shalaski. I can't wait to read your book. Oh my God, Lala, I really love you. I'm rooting for you and you got this. I really love you too. Thank you so much, babe. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.